Good evening, guys. Welcome. It's Thursday night, so it cannot be anything other than Chaps Fantasy Chat. Um, it, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where, um, obviously, boy, it's a great time of year. Uh, you know, aside from the cicadas, we got an attack of the cicadas here in uh, in central Indiana. Um, this is a perfect temperature. There's, you know, every night there is nonstop baseball. And I can't think of a better way of, of spending it than, you know, just breaking down some of my perceptions, you know, some of my strategies, some of my thought processes on on fantasy baseball and how you win leagues and how you compete for prizes and how you compete to get in the running in these leagues. Because let me tell you something, guys, and excuse me, I'm trying to get my, my podcast shared out. So, uh, you know, forgive me for that. But um, it, it's, it's one of those things that I, I always say this, congratulations. If you're still here, you got a good shot at winning money. It, because here's the thing. A lot of these people already are starting to um, to think about football. I, I'm having the same thing happen. Um, you know, to me, I'm getting pulled away to start working on some football things, and that's fine. But I'll tell you, um, every night there is something going on in the world of baseball, and you know, I love watching as much of it as I can. So just by paying attention and keeping up with your roster moves, you can actually make a big difference in um, in how you do in your league. So just keep that in mind. Um, you know, I, I know everybody gets excited about football. I'm excited about football as well. Um, but but really, you don't win baseball trophies in in I'll be honest, June and July. You, you win well May and June. You, you win them. You know, right now, after the All-Star break, the people who continue to um, stay engaged are, are going to do well. That's just how it is. So, um, so so let's go win some money. You know, that's, that's, that's what's important here. So, tonight, um, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. Um, we're going to examine some playing time changes and what that means for your fantasy f- baseball teams, how you can maybe take advantage of that. Um, we're going to talk about some uh, cold start guys that are starting to heat up. And, and we're going to talk, uh, obviously, every week we talk about um, waiver wire futures is what I've been calling them. Just, you know, the guys that oh, maybe we're not thinking about enough yet, that this time next year or next week could be hot commodities and could command a large part of your fab. So, um, you know, why not get on the, get in on them a week early? while you can. So that's what we've been trying to do with that. Had some good success with there with that. So we'll continue to try and um, move that forward. So Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8, brought to you on iLogicMedia.com. I, 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 I tell you, first, before I start with anything, um, happy Cabrian Day. Uh, Key, as they're calling him, he is uh, he's back for the Pirates and singles his first time up. Um, really excited to see um, a cornerstone of the Pirates' future playing, you know, in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, better things to come for them. Uh, they're they're not very good this year, and that's fine. They'll they'll get another high draft pick next year because of how not very good they are this year. 
but that'll only add to what they've already started to stockpile. And, you know, these people, it's funny, I'm, I'm in all these sites and they love to talk smack on the Pirates. And a lot of it's justifiable. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. But the prospect hounds know what the Pirates are doing. And, um, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to start seeing these guys trickle up and you're like, oh, wow, who is this um, Monial Cruz kid? Oh, man, who is this uh, Nick Gonzalez guy? Whoa, who's Quinn Prister? What Hudson? I mean, next thing you know, they're going to be San Diego. They're going to have that kind of talent on their roster, and everybody's going to be like, "Where do these guys come from?" So pay attention to the Pirates. If um, you know, there's not really any high-end prospects that are going to get a call this year. The only person I think would, might be someone you would be interested in a little little later on in the year might be um, O'Neill Cruz. Um, but we'll talk. I've talked about him. I won't talk about him tonight. But the Pirates in a couple of years are going to be flush with good young players, and Hayes is the first of many. So let's talk about some lineup changes. This is always fun to do. Um, th this sparks some different uh, perspective on things, and um, I don't think we look at that enough. So I'm trying to work that in. First off, the one thing I noticed as I started preparing for this piece is um, – Miguel Andohar has started 12 of his last 13 games in left field for the Yankees. And he's hitting 304. I did this last night. He's hitting 304. I know he had another homer today. So that makes three homers now in the last 12 days. 13 days. Um, I, this is one of those guys that <coughs> is, has – He's done it before. Um, he's earned that playing time. He's healthy again. We all know that, you know, he can't play a lick in the infield. Put him out there in left field where he can actually play that. I don't want to call it not important because it certainly is important. But you know what I mean? It's not as pressure-packed, I guess. Uh, position of left field makes, um, makes him an interesting play for me. And, you know, people forget that. He had a pretty good year a couple years back. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. But it's interesting to see him start the majority of the games in the Bronx. And um, I don't think people enough people are taking notice of that. Uh, another interesting um, lineup observation, we'll call it, is the – well, they didn't do it last night. John Berti started at second base for the Marlins last night, but I was watching last night, and they had uh, they were playing an American League game, so it was they had a DH. But um, Jose Devers hit ninth for the Marlins, and that threesome was Devers to Chisholm to Marte. I find that a very interesting trio, and if they continue to do that. I'm interested in Jose Devers. Jose Devers' speed is really, um, really impressive. I, I, I think that he, if he gets regular playing time, um, he could be a 20 stolen base guy easily in this league. Um, and, and you know, you look at what Chisholm has done. Obviously, they're they're going to start bringing up, um, you know. J.J. Bleday and some of these other young players that they have, Sixto Sanchez, 
it makes sense to put Jose Tevers in there and let him kind of serve as that um, leadoff part two in that nine hole. Just interesting. Another thing, you know, watching them, like I said, tonight, um, Starling Marte, they're playing Pittsburgh, got a really nice ovation in his first game back to Pittsburgh. Uh, of course, it's at they say it's at half capacity and there's about a third of that there. So, uh, but it was, it was nice to see the fans kind of pay tribute to him. Um, eight years in Pittsburgh. It certainly still feels a little weird that he's not there. Um, some other, some other interesting lineup situations. Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis is hitting cleanup for Baltimore. Now, I know you're saying Baltimore's not very good. And you're right. You're right. They aren't very good. But if you look at what's around him, it, it I, I see good protection there, right? So you see Seb Mullins has hit 298 at leadoff. You see Trey Mancini um, hitting 284 at the two-hole. Santander's hitting 262 in the three hole, and then you got Galvis. I, I like where Galvis sits in that lineup. And we all know last year he got really hot in the second half of the season. Who's to say he can't do that again this year? Now, Galvis is available. 58% owned in fan tracks. That's usually always the highest. Um, 23% owned in Yahoo and 45% owned in CBS Sports. That's the three main um, leagues that I play in, so that's what I'll, I'll always give you those. So I, I like what Galvis brings to the table, especially if you think about hitting at um, Camden Yards in the summer. The ball really flies there, and also the influx of talent that – um, they have coming in from the minors, maybe Otley Rushman later, um, you know, guys like Austin Hayes and some of those other young guys, um, Mount Castle comes to mind, can emerge and really take extra pressure off of Galvis. But Galvis seems to be fairly cemented in that cleanup spot, um, at least in the short term. So I like his spot there. Another guy that is in a really plush lineup position is – and you'll notice the trend. These are all cleanup hitters. But I think that's important, too. How about Christian Walker? Christian Walker is hitting cleanup for the Diamondbacks. And I say this all the time. I'm, I'm up late at night, so I'm always watching the West Coast games. But it's it's one of those situations where, yeah, he hasn't picked it up yet. He He's not hitting very well yet. But we all know that he's – a Got a fairly um, solid approach to the plate. He's got power. Um, you know, he, he kind of ha- was battling a little bit of a ding early in the season. So still working on getting back in full-time game shape. So, But you look at the lineup that they put around him, I don't think people really truly understand how good some of these young players are. And then also guys like, Marte and Escobar, the years that they're having because they're out West. So Carson Kelly hit 287, let off last night. Josh Rojas has let off a lot as well there. I don't have his stats right in front of me, but it's really good. I mean, he's he's having a good year. 
Um, the the two hitters, Kettle Morte. Guys, Kettle Morte is one of the best kept secrets in the majors right now. He's hitting 347. He he had a little time on, on the IL, and that's kind of why we haven't heard a whole lot about him. But Kettle Morte and Eduardo Escobar, to me, Escobar has, I think, 14 homers on this season. Thought he had 13. I thought he hit one last night. I could be wrong. 13 or 14 homers on the season. And yeah, he's only hitting 239. But you'll take that if a guy's going to hit 40 homers. And that that's what he's on pace to do. Again, you also have guys like Pavin Smith. He's hitting 290. Um, Rojas sometimes hits down at the lower part of that, that lineup. There are other pieces, parts, pieces of that puzzle that fit nicely in Arizona. Arizona is an underrated offense, and I think you could probably get Christian Walker, if not for free um, in your league, you could probably get him for a low price. He's, I believe he's hitting around 205. He's not going to stay there. He's around the 250 hitter. So that means right now is the time to jump on Christian Walker before he takes off. So you could get that month of 300 hitting while he normalizes out. Um, so the, the, that's my lineup chatter for the week, just the, the observations I took from the lineup for the week. I'm going to try and start doing this every week. I think it's helpful and it's intuitive when you're, when you're starting to analyze trends, and that's really what I want to be all about. So I want to share that with you. That's kind of what I'm thinking with those players. Again, that was Car Christian Walker, Freddie Galvis, uh, Josh Devers, and Miguel Andujar. So let's move on. I want to talk a little bit now. Um, I want to talk a little bit now about Mictors. Mictors, not Mitchers. Uh, I, I said that wrong last time. Um, it, it's it's pretty good bourbon. And, you know, my good buddy cousin was in last weekend and we were we were having some some really good booze. And it's always nice to uh, to, to share good bourbon with your friends. Um, I just want to take a second and shout out to Patrick uh, McLaughlin. And if you're in South Bend, Indiana, make sure you go to um, make sure you go to um, <laughs> to his establishment, Citywide Liquors. Citywide Liquors, the place to go when your spirits are low. Sorry, Patrick, I botched it, but there you go. Go see my boy Pat. Say hi. Um, Chaps Fantasy Chat Thursday night today. Make sure. You come back at 10. Me and my book, good buddy Randall, we're going to talk some football tonight. We're going to start talking some fantasy football. We're going to talk about baseball because there's no way I could get through all my notes that I have. So I'm going to make sure we talk about some of these things that we don't get to here at 8 o'clock. But that's the other angle. It's Thursday nights at 10. Um, it's a football and baseball show. So really good stuff. Make sure you join us there. But let's look at some surprising stats. Back on topic. These are some of those things that – you know, you really want to keep a close eye on because they, they make a difference. So the first stat, stolen bases are always they're, – they're, they're always one of those things that you got to try and, pun intended, steal, right? You, you, you get, you know, there for years, Paul Goldschmidt could steal you eight or nine bases. You, you, he was added extra value because he could steal in a position where first base doesn't – Guys, so you're always kind of looking at stuff like that. Guys, do you realize Christian Vasquez has five stolen bases on the air? I, I didn't realize that until I started sorting through the stats. And, I mean, 
if you're working on a big trade and you need a few, not a whole lot, a few stolen bases, and you need a catcher, why not work an angle where you're getting him as a kick in? Fernando Tatis, this was interesting. He's home running at a pace of one time per every 8.9 at-bats. So one out of every nine time he comes up to the plate, he hits a home run. That's the best in the majors. In fact, of all qualified batters, he's homering at a one per every two at-bat better than the second-best player in the majors. That's Adolis Garcia at 10.9. That was resonating to me. But that's not the stat. This wins your leagues. Mike Zunino did not qualify. He's actually homering at a rate of one per every 9.0 at-bats. Mike Zunino's quietly having a solid year. And a lot of it's because as a group, the the batting averages are going down. But also, he's his average has gone up a little bit. So um, Zunino is one of those guys that I've picked up in a couple leagues, and I've really been happy to have him. Boy, I watched Jake, you know, Jake Dugan the other night. I watched him. He was, at the time, he set 444 for the season. And I, I'm a big show. Hey, fan, you guys know I've talked about him a lot. He looks like a hitter at the plate. Big, lanky, lefty. Long arms, sweet, smooth swing, good weight weight distribution, nice follow through. You could tell, you know, a lot like Shohei in that in that regard, except for Shohei's Shohei's a little bit more Japanese style. I mean, obviously, but he's kind of his hips are. I don't. It's hard to explain. His hips are out more, whereas Degrom comes through. He really looks good as a hitter. So, you know, it, it's funny. I, I always try to do this this time of year. Um, I want to talk about buy-low candidates. I want to talk about guys who you steal. I'll be honest. And you do it because you're paying more attention to the, than your competitor. And what I'm talking about, so you've got these guys that you've seen an adjustment. You've seen an improvement. They've started to show what they're going to do, but their overall numbers still stink because the lazy owners aren't going to go and look at the seven-day, the 14-day, the 21-day stats to realize, oh, crap. So-and-so's hit 400 over the last two weeks. That's why he wants them. And I play with a lot of you guys, so I'm not, you know, I'm not. Most of my league mates have caught on to what I'm trying to do by now, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, And I'm never trying to, I'm never intentionally trying to rip someone off. I'm trying to give a fair trade. I'm a commissioner of the league, so it's not. 
It's more headache than it's worth when you try and rip somebody off. Let me just put it that way. So who are some buy low candidates, some guys that you might want to get um, target for, you know. So I, I wanted to offload Zach Greinke, um, and I did so. Be, I wanted to do so just because he doesn't strike out as much as I want um, out of a pitcher of that caliber. And, you know, I, I, have, I was fortunate enough to um, – to pick up a lot of good pitchers that got forgotten about. So my, my pitching, and I'm not bragging, I'm just being honest. I, I, my, he was expendable. Uh, so, you know, if you have a guy like that, that you no longer, you know, the man crush is over with, right? Why not go out and get out, go out and get a guy like Lourdes Gurriel. Lourdes Gurriel's perennial slow starter. He does it every year. Um, but then when you look at his numbers at the end, end of the year, he always picks it up. So that's why I've talked about Lourdes in years past. You didn't hear, hear me talk about him at the beginning of the year so much this year. And I didn't do that on purpose because I knew he was going to start out slow. I had an inkling he was going to start out slow. Well, he did. So his first 32 games through May 12th, he's hitting, he was hitting 193. Four doubles, two homers. Nine runs and nine RBIs. 216 OBP, 277 slug, 493 OPS through the first little over a month of the season. Not good. Through the last 15 games, Lourdes is hitting 362. He's got five doubles, one more double in the last 15 games than he had in the last. 32 prior to it. Two homers, nine runs, and nine RBIs. Same amount of runs, same amount of RBIs, and half as amount as half amount of games. His OBP went from 216 to 382. Excuse me, 367. His OB is OBP. Excuse me, OPS. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying, his slug, excuse me, I'll get it right. His slug went from 277 to 552. And his OPS went from 493 to 918. Lord, this is a steal right now. You can get him for basically nothing. Most of the time. Sometimes you're gonna get owners who know better, right? That that that's but this is a case where MLB.com does this. You could go to MLB.com and toggle on stats and get the last 15 days, the last seven days, and just kind of play with it and see, like, who has the, the best OPS, who has the best, you know, the most home runs. Who had, it's, it's helpful. It's helpful. Lourdes is right there right now. And you look at where he is in that lineup with Bo Bichette and Marcus Simeon and – Randall Grichik and Teoscar Hernandez and Vlad Guerrero. I mean, he's just in a really good situation where he could drive in a lot of runs and he could score a lot of runs for the rest of the season. Get him as a throw-in. Chats Fantasy Chat, Thursdays at 8, iLogic Media, Draft for Upside. 
Chess Fantasy Sports Group. How about Casey Mize? Casey Mize starting to wonder about it. First seven games, two and three, a 419 ERA, 27 Ks to 16 walks, and 38.2 innings pitched. Opponents were hit 234 against them. Not what you're looking for in a first overall pick. His last three games, however, he's 1 0, 1.42 ERA, 20 Ks to four walks, 19 innings pitched, and a 169 batting average against. That's a pretty significant difference. So let's do it like this. From a 419 ERA to a 142 ERA. In four less games, 27 Ks to 20 Ks. 16 walks to four walks. You're looking at, what, a 5 to 1 walk or strikeout to walk ratio his last three games. You're looking at a, what, 5 to 3 ratio K to walk in his first seven games. That's a big step up. In production. And you're looking at roughly 65 points difference in batting average. I was reading, you know, the, the pitching coach, Chris Fetter, he said he's been working with, with Mize to refine his approach. Um, you know, the, the biggest change with Casey Mize has been where he sits on the rubber. So apparently he was lining up on the far right side of the rubber and it just wasn't working out for him. So his pitching coach said that if thought that if he moved over to the middle of the rubber, that it would um, really give the perception of, you know, um, hiding the ball more. However, that works for that situation. and But the, here's the big part. The numbers have worked. Um, his ERA has dropped from a 5.06 to a 1.73 during that span. Um, again, just to kind of emphasize, since he's made that change, Mize is 2-1. That's six games with a 2.19 ERA and a 33-13 walk to K, or K to walk rate. So whatever is happening there, it, it's working. And – he, I feel like, you know, in your redraft leagues, if, if he's out there on your waiver wire or if you just want to take a chance on a throw-in on a bigger trade, Casey Mize is someone who, you know, I think is getting ready to show his first overall stuff. Um, and it has started to, quite honestly. So he's someone that I try to be targeting right now. I want to talk about some fab futures now. I, I I feel like there's some there's some real chances here that you could take um, and 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 make your team better. And really, it's uh, it, it's gonna have to be these guys coming through that that you don't expect that aren't necessarily. Um, Big time names. Um, got, 
mentioned earlier, Miguel Andohar, right? And, you know, when you look at Andohar and what he brings to the table, he's basically free. He homered for the third time this, this today, um, and he's done it all in this past week. He, he's basically, it seems like he's won that left field job. And you're talking about a guy who, you know, is a former – I can't find it here. I got to go look at it. Former 20, I think he had 25 homers. Um, I think I'm just going to tell you. As a rookie, as a rookie, he hit uh, 27 homers at 23 years old. So it's it's one of those things that 92 RBI, it's one of those things that we've seen him do it. And that and the opportunities there. That's the big part. That's the big part. The opportunity is there for him to play, and I think he needs that. I think he needs to feel comfortable. And left field is about as comfortable as he's going to get on the ball field. So, the, the other thing I really like about Anduhar, you could get him for free. He's twenty eight percent owned in Fantrax. He's owned in all my leagues. He's 4% owned in Yahoo. And he's 12% owned in CBS. <laughs> Benjamin approves. <laughs> so why not go out of spec? Just go grab him. Go and if he doesn't work out, he doesn't cost you anything. But he's starting to hit. And he can help your fantasy team if he pans out. I think he will. Another guy in a very similar situation, Bradley Zimmer. Bradley Zimmer's done it before. He played 101 games as a rookie at 25 years old. He hit 241 with eight homers and 18 stolen bases. He battled some injuries. He's back. And it's not like he wasn't tearing up the minors. I guess Cleveland didn't need him to. They just needed to see that he was healthy. He said 267 in 60 at-bats at AAA. He had four stolen bases, though. I think that tells a lot when you start thinking about that. I think Bradley Zimmer's going to play a lot, and I think he's going to run a lot. This is a guy who has a good week this week. He's going to be really expensive next week. You can get him for free now. If you're in a deep league, go out and take his chance on Bradley Zimmer. 308, two stolen bases and 13 at bats. Two stolen bases and 13 at bats. I love this next one because people think I'm crazy. I like it when people think I'm crazy. It's not a stretch. 
Billy Hamilton. Now, let me clarify. Billy Hamilton has a very distinct use in fantasy baseball. He is very useful in a roto five-by-five counting stats format. He's very useful in a daily change, head-to-head, deep bench format. He's not very useful in these formats where you only have three or four bench spots because he's quite limited. Now, that said, you can see he's really taken analytics. And his swing is so much more sound now. His swing, his bat is in the bat path for so much longer now. And that's directly due to analytics and, you know, uh, oh, whatever it's called, Streamline or whatever it's called. All of those things that these players are using now, breaking down the anatomy of the swing. I don't have a problem. I think it's great. I wish more players would take that approach, but you could see it paying dividends, all the hard work he's put in. And let's be honest, guys, that job's his for the next month and a half. You know, um, Robert's not coming back anytime too soon. And, yeah, Lurie Garcia is going to be there. He's going to take some playing time um, away from him, no doubt. But all in all, I think Billy, Billy Hamilton is going to get a lot of opportunity in center field for the, for the White Sox. And, again, if you're in the right format, he's, he could be very valuable. Again, those two formats are daily change leagues with deep benches and a roto league where you're actually counting stats. Because Billy Hamilton can hit you 230, and he, he with his new swing, he could give you 10 homers and 30 stolen bases. That's valuable in both aspects. You could deal with not as many runs and RBIs hitting at the 10 or the 9 spot. You could deal with that. You can make that up elsewhere. Getting those homers and those stolen bases will be important. How about here's one that's interesting to me Edmundo Sosa. And Sosa's Sosa's one of those guys that, you know, Paul DeJong's coming back. And it's always kind of been thought that he was just the, the guy in St. Louis. Well, it sounds like. St. Louis is starting to hedge their bets because they like this kid's defense and he's really fast. This is as of a couple days ago. Actually, let me look it up, do it justice. Actually, it's probably from yesterday. It's 293. It is now 292. Still hasn't hit a homer. Has stolen two bases and 65 at-bats. Um, again, might be another scenario where even when Jean comes back, this guy's kind of forced his hand into playing more and maybe playing DeJong at second base and putting Edmund out back in the outfield. Um, uh, or I, I don't know. 
But it seems like with this guy's speed and if he's able to hit for any sort of average as he is, he has to keep playing, especially defensively at shortstop. And if he's playing, the speed makes him a threat in that lineup. I love this next one. Taylor Trimo, outfielder Seattle. Kyle Lewis went back on the aisle. Kellenick just hasn't looked comfortable yet. He doesn't look out of sorts, but he just hasn't. He hasn't found his groove yet. This is a – oh, and Trammell was raking at AAA. 394, six homers, 19 RBIs in 19 games. Six homers in 19 games, guys. I like this. The Mariners are not good enough to overcome not playing their most productive players at the major league level. Taylor Trammell's one of those most productive players. They have to play him. He's really good defensively in center field. He can hit for power and has speed. Um, I, I think you insert him right where you were anticipating putting Kellenic and let Kellenic take some of the stress of hitting high in the lineup off and just worry about being a big league ball player. I really like Taylor Trammell um, and where he goes the rest of the season from here. I don't think he goes back down to the minors. Guys, how about Pavin Smith? Pavin Smith's an interesting case. I just picked him up in our big money league. Yeah, he's a little bit more widely owned, granted. 53% owned in CBS Sports, 69% owned in Yahoo, and, and uh, interesting, 44% owned in um, in Fantrax. So I, I, I'm intrigued by him because he kind of he reminds me a little bit of a modern-day modern Mark Grace and how he profiles. He's not going to hit 40 homers like – you know, your normal first baseman does, but he's going to hit for a higher average. He's currently hitting 288, five homers, 31 RBIs, 21 ribs, and a stolen base. He's hitting a fair amount of leadoff for the D-backs, so he could potentially be a, a first base eligible stolen base option if that makes sense. So a guy that you can put at first base and he's not going to give you zero stolen bases, that's worth something. Um, the last seven days, this is, again, one of those things that intrigued me. He's hitting 467. He's got three doubles and a triple with five runs, six RBIs. That might be a typo. With three stolen bases. Now you look that up. Maybe typo. Maybe not. It looks like he has two stolen, but anyway, not important. That's so weird. Huh. Okay. Disregard that. Anyway, um, he's going to hit for high average. He's not going to hit a ton out of the park, but you can see with the 31 runs, 
Um, hitting at the top of that lineup, he's going to be an option there. So this is an interesting case, and if you can get him, again, I personally just picked him up in one of my leagues, in my big money league, so um, obviously I'm endorsing him. couple more things, you know, looking at futures. This is this is kind of interesting for me. So I did this today. I went to Rotor Baller, and it did like ETAs for all the Super 2s and high-end um, prospects and, you know, when they thought they'd be up. And it listed him, it ranked him. So the first one was was Bruon, and they said he'd be up in June. Then it was Jesus Sanchez, who we haven't really spoken a lot about. You know, um, I talked a lot about J.J. Bleday, but Sanchez is a little bit more seasoned. He has a little bit of major league experience from last year, albeit he didn't do well. But I do want to re- remind you all that neither did Jazz Chisholm last year. So maybe Jesus Ch- Sanchez is ready to really – um, come through and he might be one of those guys that's widely available that really has a good second half of the season. So you definitely want to keep track of that. And when he gets called up, the third is Wander Franco. All of these are June, by the way. And then I've, I found this interesting. Josh Lowe was fourth. So they have of the top four ranked prospects, um, according to Roto Baller, to come up next. There are three of them are Tampa Bay. So Vida Brujan, Wander Franco, and Josh Lowe. One, three, and four. Josh Lowe, people don't really talk about. Um, from what I've seen slash heard, he's more of a defensive profile, got a little bit of pop, a little bit of power, um, but is almost like a uh, an Austin Meadows type at his current state, whereas he's, he's not going to – while you're so, and I, I hate to say it because Austin Meadows is having a really good power year. Um, he, he's not going to win the, any titles at any of his positions, but he's con- going to contribute in homers. He's going to contribute in runs and RBIs, and he's going to contribute in um, average. So Lowe's another one that you want to keep in mind. Jackson Kowar, 24 years old for KC starting pitcher. He's a, he's a sleeper. You know, he, he's someone everybody knows about. Um, Daniel Lynch and everyone knows about Asa Lacey. Um, Coar is a little bit older and, you know, I think a more polished pitcher at this point. So it'll be interesting to see when he comes up. Tucker Davidson, starting pitcher for the Braves, is 25. Um, it's kind of surprising, but must be doing pretty well down there in the minors. Joe Adele, uh, failed experiment, experiment last year. Be interested to see what happens this year when he gets called up. The Angels need him to play. They they need him to be productive, if we're just being honest. So hopefully he gets the call soon as productive. Joey Bart's an interesting one. I don't know how much you've watched the dot or the Giants. Buster Posey's playing a heck of a game right now. He's hitting the ball. He looks good behind the plate. He's Really helping those pitchers out. I don't know if I agree with this. If Joey Bart comes up, I don't know that he catches. I think Buster Posey deserves to be back there. From everything I've seen, and I've, again, watched a good bit of the Giants, um, I don't see how it warrants him losing playing time to anyone, as long as his legs are healthy, his knees are healthy. Mackenzie Gore, I they have him up in June as well. Last I heard, he had a little bit of the yips at AAA, so I don't know about that. This Yon Duran, the starting pitcher for Minnesota, 
starting to hear a little bit about. Um, and then Marsh and Kiebert Ruiz were the only other two up in June. So you get point. You got 12 or 13 guys here that are getting ready to come up. You want to keep a radar. Just kind of what I do is I scout each of them. I don't have in-depth scouting reports to each of these guys, but I know the four or five that I really want and will be watching scouting, um, doing my research on. You know, you want to make sure they're doing well at AAA. You want to make sure that they're healthy. And then the opportunities there. So, again, that's why a guy like Joe Adele makes a lot of sense, where Joey Bart doesn't. Um, so kind of take that reasoning into it as well. Guys, it's 845. Um, you know, I got some other things here, but I, I do want to save some of it for my, my 10 o'clock hour with Randall. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the content. I'm Chappie. Thursday nights at 8 on iLogic Media and Draft for Upside. You can find me on Facebook. Um, make sure you go to, and, and like my page. Um, If I can get there at Chaps Fantasy Sports Group, you can find that on Facebook. That's a page. iLogic Media is the page. It's the website. And uh, Draft for Upside, of course, is the group. So, you know, make sure you come back at 10. Watch me and Randall. Um, the other angle at 10. So come back then. Hope you enjoyed the content. Until next time, good night.